Good day, everybody. I'm David Irvin. I'm a leadership development specialist and a best-selling author, and we want to welcome you to the Leaders Navigator podcast. The premise is simple. The podcast will provide you with insights for living and leading the authentic way so that you'll be better equipped to amplify your impact as a difference maker in any area in your life. We'll cover a variety of topics related to authenticity and what it means to bring humanity into the world. What's uniquely special is that I'm doing this podcast together with my daughter, Haley, and I'm very excited about this opportunity to work jointly on this project that we are both so passionate about, being more fully human. Haley, it's always good. We've had a couple of uh, yeah. weeks of reprieve here, and we haven't uh, met for a while, so it's good to be back in the, in the stream of things. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. How are you, Dad? What have you been doing? I've been traveling. I've been presenting at conferences and uh, was down in Arizona this last weekend with my own community, just getting renewed from the people who I care about and who support me and help hold me accountable. So we had about a three-day retreat down there and, and uh, just enjoyed the time away to just uh, get some renewal and some renewed friendships and get back in person with each other. And, uh, and we, we try to get together at least once a year. So it's, it was a great community down there and I've got my academy coming up. We've got a full slate, the full, uh, course. We've got about 40 people registered in our, uh, in-person authentic leadership academy. So I'm excited for that. And, uh, and more conferences coming up and more workshops. And, and then we've got about 10 people registered mm -hmm. in the, uh, in the online academy for our four days. So lots going on that's very fulfilling in my life. It's so good. Lots of meetings you? of people, which is good. It's good. Yeah. It's always like full swing. Like right now we're in like the busiest time I think of, you know, and it's always a hard time. And, you know, I remember uh, one of my old principals way back when said that like, this is the hardest stretch between September and Christmas because there's very little break. Um, and it's a lot of, a lot of big events, big cultural events happening in the fall and, a big transition from, you know, summertime laziness to, you know, go, 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 all of these things in the fall it always happens. And there are fewer breaks um, the way there are in the spring semester with, you know, spring break and more long weekends and things. There's not much in the fall. So, um, but lots is happening. So it's, it's good. It's always busy, but I don't know about you, dad, but I'm sure like struggling with, you know, I mean, as we're recording this, it's November 2nd and uh, before daylight savings and all of that. And it is so dark so like often, like it gets, it's so dark when I get up in the morning, it's dark in the evening, knowing it's going to get darker. You know, the weather is getting colder. We had our first dump of snow a couple days ago. And like, I'm, I'm really resistant to winter this year. I don't know. I'm, I'm really struggling to kind of, you know, get going and, and just knowing that the snow is coming. I'm not a, a winter person. Um, I think probably because I don't do any winter sports. I know like that can be a big, a big thing for, you know, those of us who live in Northern climates, but I'm just like, you know, knowing that it's going to get colder and darker and snowier and harder to drive and, you know, leaving yourself more time to put your boots on and find your both your mitts and start the car earlier to warm it up and chisel the ice off the windshield. And, you know, you're doing this all in the dead of night, essentially, because it's so dark. Um, and so, yeah, I'm just like kind of struggling with all of that, you know, with the comings of winter. How are you feeling? I know it's been winter for a little bit longer in in, you know, Alberta, but. How do you how do you find this time of year? Well, I'm just grateful to hear you say all that because I'm going through some of the same things. And then I was thinking that uh, 
oh, it's just because I'm getting older that I'm having less patience. So mm-hmm. it's happening to all of us. I'm glad, glad to know mm-hmm. that. Glad <laughs> to know that. Mm-hmm. So well, maybe we could just focus mm-hmm. on that. Um, it's interesting because mm-hmm. one of the con- one of the uh, conference it, uh, presenters there was a panel on engaging employees in healthcare, and how do you keep your mm. employees engaged? How do you retain them? How do you attract them? And one of the presenters was from uh, Churchill, and he talked about mm. this time of year mm. that it's pitch dark at three o'clock in the afternoon. So we could have it worse. Mm. Churchill, Manitoba. That's true. Very stimulating conversation. That's true. I don't know how people who live in these more, you know, climates, these even nor- like, you know, further north, cooler climates, I don't know how they manage it because, and I would be, you know, because I, I just even now, like where we are, I just find it like, it's a, it's a struggle. And I think like, I think knowing that, you know, what's about to come, I think because I've spent so much time outside in the sun in the summer with running and just being outside and you know, getting in so much sunlight and, you know, just the liberation of being able to leave the house without all these layers on and, and, you know, getting up at, you know, 7am and it's already bright out and, you know, going like the sun going to bed at like 10pm and just all the daylight and how much easier and lighter everything feels. And just knowing that there's so much more planning going into, you know, everything with winter and, you know, it's just, uh, you know, finding ways to kind of overcome that. And I know like having a winter sport can be a big thing, having something to look forward to. Um, I know, you know, I'm, I'm not a skier, but this year, I think something I'm going to try to do a little bit more is take up cross-country skiing. Because I, I have heard that finding an activity that you can do in this time of year that you enjoy doing um, can really help, you know, help you look forward to something. So breaking it up a little bit. So even if it's, you know, whether it's the winter coming and you're not a winter person, um, or it's just sort of a daunting task that's coming up, I think finding a way that you can look forward to it. The other thing I'm really looking forward to, I'm a big Christmas person. I love all this stuff around Christmas and, you know, everything from the Starbucks Christmas drinks to decorations to Christmas music. I love all of that. So I think that can be a huge thing too. And, I know I have some uh, Indian colleagues who celebrate Diwali. Do you know about Diwali? Do you know anything about it? What do you know about it, Dad? Because it's a really cool holiday. It's a very cool holiday. And um, I I would love to hear more about it, actually. Um, so it's a really, so it's coming up in, I believe, two weeks. I'm just going to go it. Sunday, November 12th uh, is when it comes up. Um, and it's one of India's most important holidays. Uh, but the whole idea of it is that it's a festival of lights. Um, against the spiritual darkness, which I think is like, you know, kind of an apt thing for this type of year. Um, and so it's, it's different kinds of, of colors and lights and candles. And uh, so one of our close friends, uh, Gorb and his family, um, how they celebrate it is by every single color of, I mean, we'd call them Christmas lights, but those tiny little festive lights, every single color you can think of, they light up all of their entire house inside and out uh, for this big celebration of light and, and, you know, it's, it's, there's that, there are, there are these ceremonies too, where, where they look at these, you know, lighting candles and these little clay lamps and they celebrate with lots of food and family gatherings and, and candy and sweets. And, um, and, and it's celebrated over like, you know, between, you know, a couple of days to up to a week, um, where it's just this, this celebration of light, uh, to ward off the, the, the darkness. Um, and so that can be a really, really special way to kind of distract, you know, from, from the, you know, darkness of the season. <clears throat> and enhance the darkness. You know, it's no, yeah. not uh, similar, right? It's similar to what we do mm-hmm. celebrating Christmas when we celebrate yeah. with lights, 
to bring some darkness in. So here's a couple of principles that I just want to maybe speak to as we move into a darker season. First of all, Mm. the world is a bit dark right now, too, which doesn't help it. Uh, You turn on the news and the atrocities that's going on in Israel and Ukraine and uh, not to mention Afghanistan continues to struggle, although they've their their struggles have been put in the back burner as we as we see things highlighted here. But it's a dark time. And I so here's what I know about moving into darkness. And I've had to work with my own darkness in my life. When I talk about the emotional seasons of life. And, you know, there's the disruptive, darker season in our lives when we're thrown into some disruption and some chaos and the exhaustive season where we, you know, we have dark periods in our own emotional life. And the key to any season is to embrace it and to hold it dearly. So when you say, I'm having a hard time with the darkness, I am a person who encourages people when they're in that space to embrace that, not to dismiss it, but to actually acknowledge it and say, it's not easy. I'm missing the lights. I'm missing the longer days. And to acknowledge and appreciate that rather than just saying there's something wrong with me because I'm not having an easy time with winter right now. And I think it's important that we, uh, to move through something It's a paradox mentally to move through dark periods in our life. The important thing is to embrace those dark periods and accept them. It's not a condoning, but it's a sense of acknowledging it within ourselves. Hey, I'm in a dark place right now, and it's okay not to be okay. And it's like embracing the winter. The way to get through winter is to get out into it. And to be a part of it. And you've you've alluded to that. The way to embrace darkness is to get out in the darkness. Don't withdraw from it, but get out into it and embrace it and feel what it feels like to be in the darkness. And maybe it's depression that you're feeling. Maybe it's just low. Maybe it's confusion. What actually is your experience of being in the darkness? And my experience when I allow myself to embrace whatever darkness is coming up in my life, that's the way to move through it. And the more I withdraw from it, the more it takes over my life, the more I head back, now head away from it. Now, I'm the kind of person that when I used to run in the darkness, I mean, I've got a few other points around getting through darkness, but I always used to just put a headlamp on and just go out and run in it. Uh, when I, you know, mm-hmm. when I was in my, and I do think we need uh, some kind of a, uh, an activity to embrace the darkness, but also some kind of an activity that doesn't depend on the darkness, where we're together mm-hmm. in community, where we're together in lights, where it might be rituals mm-hmm. that you talked about there. Those are some of my initial thoughts around darkness and moving into it. What do you think? I had a, it's running you when, when you made that comment about acknowledging the darkness, um, Brene Brown has a strategy when it comes to, you know, if you're coming home and you don't have a lot of energy. Um, and so what Brene Brown suggests, um, is just being transparent with your partner, with your family, with your spouse, um, with how much energy you have when you're coming home. Right. And so some days, you know, you're going to come home and you're gonna have a 20 out of a hundred, right. You're going to be low. You don't have much left. Right. And so, yeah, that means that your spouse, your partner, your family are going to have to pick up the rest of that. 
right? But sometimes you're going to come home, you're going to have a 20, your partner's only going to have a 15, right? And now there's this, this deficit, right? And so that can be a great time to, to have those conversations about like, okay, we don't have a lot of energy. What are we going to do tonight? You know, now's a diet for takeout because neither of us can cook tonight and that's okay. Right. And I think just being really open and transparent again with like how you mentioned, right? Like, you know, um, again, Gore of a, a good friend of mine um, has a strategy with his wife where, you know, they're just, you know, today's not my day. I just need a couple minutes. I'm so sorry. Like, I just need a minute. I'm thank you so much for helping out um, with, with the family. Right. And just being transparent with, with what you need from your partner, your spouse, your family. Right. So if you're in this time of darkness, just be transparent about it. And it, it doesn't mean that you can sit and wallow in it. Right. But just being, I think, yeah, I'm in this moment of darkness. I only got 20 out of hundred today. I'm sorry. That's all I got. That's I'm sorry. I'm going to go to bed early. I'll be better tomorrow. But today I only have 20 out of hundred. Right. And how, how important that can be to just be that, that clear. And in, in terms of like other people's expectations of you, what you have to give, right. And recognizing that that's not a permanent thing. That's just a temporary thing. And that's okay. And you know, there'll be days when you have a hundred out of a hundred and there'll be days when you have 80 and then there on the days that you really don't to just sort of be patient with yourself and be patient with your spouse and, you know, do the best you can. So when we're faced, absolutely, when we're faced with either stress or a lack of energy or, you know, when we're down, there's two paths you can take. You can take a path that leads you to connection and you can take a mm -hmm. path that takes you, that disconnects you from the world. And there's no right or wrong, but notice the impact of both. For example, um, mm -hmm. When we when we turn to a substance, you can turn to a, a, a significant other or a relationship and express, hey, I'm kind of dark right now. And we share that and embrace that. No fixing, no straightening out, but just we move toward a connection as a response to it. Maybe the connection is with ourselves, where we just connect with um, our own uh, do some meditation, do some gentle yoga work, um, do uh, go for a, a run if you're on a treadmill, go to a gym, and maybe your energy level's low, but you still do it. And notice when you move toward a relationship, the difference between moving toward something that connects you and something that distances you toward a substance. So when we pick up a substance in the midst of our darkness, uh, it it saps the energy from me. It doesn't uphold mm -hmm. and and connects me to the, to myself or to my soul. I'll say, uh, what it does is distance me. So if you, you pick up alcohol or you pick up food or you pick up a television show and start blottoing, uh, just notice the energy level. There's no right or wrong, but pay attention to how the how is this connecting me in response to the darkness or is it disconnecting me is it enhancing me or is it uh, depleting me and mm -hmm. i always say self-care isn't always comfortable self-care mm -hmm. isn't always about eating chocolate and sitting in a bubble bath mm -hmm. um, and and soothing ourselves it's doing something that's hard but that will be nurturing because and, and you can always tell that the the value of it is whatever you choose to do to respond to whatever the darkness or the strain or the lack of energy, just notice your energy after you after you go through the response. So when 
you know, I think we've probably all sat and binge watched a Netflix episode. And after mm -hmm. that, it, you know, does I always feel depleted when I'm using television or using the internet as a way of escaping my reality versus turning to a community, sharing it, um, turning to even just being still and just noticing or going for a walk and connecting to nature or mm -hmm. doing something that connects me to myself and to the world always leaves me more uplifted than when I turn to a substance as a response to whatever darkness or, or lack of energy that I'm going through. Does that speak to you at all? Yeah. Well, definitely. Like it's, it's that idea about being intentional and purposeful with your time. Right. And like, it's, it's, I've heard before, like, you know, self-care being actually about boundary setting. Right. Uh, which I actually really like, you know, cause it's, it's like saying no to something so you can say yes to something else. Right. That is actually productive, effective self-care. Right. It's about, you know, setting boundaries. Right. And so for me, sometimes setting boundaries means turning uh, the screen time timer off on, on TikTok or Instagram, whatever. Right. Because it's setting boundaries for that, because I know that I actually don't feel good. It's not, it's not intentional. It's not, it's not purposeful in terms of a waste of time. Right. Whereas like I can just sit and chat with AJ for the same amount for my husband, right. The same amount of time as I would spend on, on TikTok or whatever. Right. And I feel more intentional. I feel more thoughtful. It feels more healing and restful. Right. By setting that boundary with me and my phone so that I can open up a boundary between me and my, you know, me and AJ, right. My husband and I, right. Um, the same too with like, you know, um, going for a little walk, right? Yes, it takes a lot of work, but I come back feeling more energized and more like, you know, less depleted than I did if I would have just sat on the couch and, and moped, right? And so I think that's what, you know, framing self-care, especially in these times of darkness, especially when you don't have much energy to give, period, right? The easy thing to do is to just, you're right, to, uh, you know, engage in a substance, but what actually is effective is is self-care in terms of setting boundaries, self-care in terms of celebrating with a community, self-care in terms of looking forward to something, right? Self-care in terms of communicating what your needs and desires are to the people that you love, right? So that you can have more to give in the long term and you're not going to burn out. And as you're sharing this, you're holding your dog on your lap, your emotional know, support dog. And you've got your cat, cat on one side and your feet, dog too. on another. Oh my God. These guys, look and at this so, guy. Oh my God. You're demonstrating this in action where you're connecting with an animal. <laughs> this is this connection. And so notice the response. And for me, I have to do something that's hard to do that takes energy um, but leaves me uplifted afterwards. So for example, uh, I, I'm going to hit the gym tonight and I'm going to go and get a workout in. Now, if I'm depleted and my energy physically, mentally, spiritually is low, then you know what? I'm not going to do anything spectacular. I'm going to decrease the weights and I'll just get through it because mentally I'll feel stronger at the end because I did it. Um, mm -hmm. So it, it, we don't have, we can lower those expectations when the energy is low, as opposed to saying, I'm just going to stay at home and do something easy and, and, uh, and do, and not feel good about myself because I'm not do, I'm not aligned with and having integrity to live what my values are. And so I think it's really yeah. important yeah. during dark times to know what our values are and to really honor those so that what self-care ultimately is creating a life that you don't need to escape from, that you can feel good about yourself at the end of the day. I know going to the gym 
I'm going to feel a whole lot better about myself than I, if I went home and did something that was easy and just turned to some kind of a substance. That's what increases mm -hmm. my own. And frankly, I exercise today predominantly for my mental health as much as I do mm -hmm. for my physical health, just to say that I did something hard today. And, but again, we have to decrease those uh, expectations. The other thing I want to say about darkness, physical darkness, is we really need to honor the environment where we live. For example, mm -hmm. I, I won't, as much as I love the coast in the summer, I won't live on the West Coast because I would far rather have it be cold and clear than warmer and wet and rainy and cloudy. Because mm -hmm. the long winters on the West Coast are, are too draining for me uh, with, with my energy and, and my makeup, my, my uh, constitution. So I need, I love the prairies. I love to sit in the open skies. I love to, you know, it can be, I'd far rather have clear, a clear 30 below day than a rainy, uh, drizzly, dark, cloudy day, uh, even though it's mm -hmm. much warmer per se. So we have to know that the other thing I know is that I have to get on a holiday. This was one of the things that was difficult and challenging for me during COVID, but I have to get on a, in a warm holiday once a winter, uh, once every year to just go and get into some sunlight uh, and, and walk on the beach and put my feet on a beach and feel that heat and the sunlight during the winter. I know that that's mm -hmm. really good for my well-being. And if I don't get that, I do miss it. So I feel very privileged that I have that, uh, have that opportunity. Well, and it's, it's that giving yourself something to look forward to, right? Like it's, it's, that's the other thing too. Like, you know, I, 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 you know, try to tell this to my students too, that when they're all stressed and, and anxious, right. They have to have something to look forward to. And so when they're stressed and anxious in their grade 12 year of high school and, and they know that and like looking forward to university, if that's just going to be stressful and anxious, then they should probably consider a different path in university, right? If it's just going to be full of stress and anxiety, you have to have those things to look forward to, right? For me, it's, it's, you know, finding something that, you know, for me, actually, I look forward to a night of nothing, right? And so, you know, on the nights that we have errands and things like that, I just know that I have to balance it. Like if we have commitments um, where we're out of the house, I know I need to balance that with a night at home, right? Because I know that that's how I have my energy, right? And I look forward to those nights where I just have at home. Same with like at Christmas and things like that, right? Like I look forward to those holidays and I look forward to those traditions. And that's also what helps me look forward instead of just being stuck in this gloomy cycle. It's finding things to look forward to and get excited about, right? Whether it's a winter holiday um, to, you know, you know, get out of the, get out of the snow for a bit, or, or whether it's a, a change of scenery or, um, you know, an exciting book that's coming out to delve into, uh, or, you know, a, excuse me, a visit with family, or, you know, I'm going to see the nutcracker with my two great girlfriends in a couple of weeks, you know? And, um, so finding these distractions and these purposeful, um, intentional moments of distraction, um, that you can look forward to and plan and, and get excited about can be really important. I love that notion of purposeful distractions, because I do think mm -hmm. we have to look forward to something. And then I would just add to that, that we all need a why in our life that goes beyond yeah. the, beyond the darkness. So that when we're, you know, so that we in, get inspired uh, for a reason, and maybe it's about making the world better for somebody else. Maybe it's about being a part of a community where we can uplift somebody else, be of service, con contribute. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. it's so easy to get caught in in the notion, what is the world not giving me rather than what can I give to the world? And, and mm -hmm. notice that purpose 
that can inspire you to have a reason to get out of bed in the morning beyond your own little comfort needs. Exactly. Exactly. Well, well this was an interesting yeah, and stimulating was... and thought-provoking conversation. I hope it was as, as useful to our listeners as it was to, uh, to engage in each other's uh, lives here for a few moments today. What are you grateful for this week, Dad? Well, first of all, I'm grateful that I, I was down in Phoenix this last week. So I was grateful that I could go and walk in the desert and get some warmth and have a, a little longer day and just be a part of the sunlight. I was very grateful for that to, to get out of the, you know, to have the, be able to be privileged enough to have the resources to do that. I'm grateful for the community that we had down there. I'm grateful for my daughter that uh, actually enjoys having uh, conversations with me about these topics. So I'm grateful as always to be here with you. Likewise, and I'm grateful that's... that I'm going home tonight to uh, the love of my life and to be in love with your mother still and uh, will continue to be so and and to be loved and to love. There is not I was gonna say too many things more precious than that. I was going to say the love of your life, your dog, Lenny. Oh, wait, I guess Val, my mom. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess her, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, then there's your mom, too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. What are you grateful too, yeah. for, my dear? Uh, I'm always grateful for dogs. We had a couple dogs in uh, in our school this week, and it just it always just grounds everybody, makes everybody just excited and grounded. And dogs and animals are just such a wonderful thing. Um, and just, you know, how intentional and purposeful they are and selfless they are, too. Lots of lessons from dogs. Um, so I'm excited for dogs. I'm also grateful for uh, I had the moment I had this opportunity to um, send uh, a group of grade nine girls and one grade nine boy um, and one or two grade 11 boys uh, to a cross country meet um, where we competed against other schools in Ottawa. And, you know, our kids didn't do great. They did very, you know, average to below average, but that's okay because these kids, they showed up, they got really excited. They had a great time. They laughed together. They cheered each other on. They had so much fun. Uh, and then we drove them back and one of them went and changed into a suit so we could play in a band. The other ones changed into Halloween costumes so they can go and help at the elementary school. And they're all laughing together. And I just thought, you know, here are kids that, you know, and then they went and competed in basketball this week. Right. And, and you know, wrote math tests. And, you know, these are kids that are just so well-rounded and intentional with their time. And they're making the best of high school and of their time together with each other. And, and they just are having a great time doing it. And I think there's a lot of lessons to be learned from from that, from that. Just, you know, try all these new things and, you know, just have the best time doing it. Even if you're not the best, who cares? Have a good time. You know, so I'm really grateful for that. And, you know, to be able to have these moments with you too, to be able to check in with you once a week and have these deep philosophical conversations. Well, and they are part of a community where they're needed and they contribute and they make a difference. Mm -hmm. And it's so yeah. important. And it's not about showing up perfectly. It's about embracing our imperfections and our humanity. And uh, that's exactly. beautiful. What you're the gift that you're giving these students to help them realize that uh, these are memories that they're creating for the rest of their life. And think back on our own education experience. It chances are it wasn't the the moments when we got the perfect mark on a perfect grade and a in a you know and and did things perfectly. It was these moments when we were just imperfectly part of a community. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Well, <laughs> until next time, stay real, stay well, and keep your heart open. 
See you next time.